Hi fam, it's Dylan's mum, Deborah. This is Dylan Friend. He gives you a back rub and says, you know, you're going well, Brian. Oh, special. Get comfortable, uncomfortable. Mm. Just keep showing up and find a way. Cam was so nervous he couldn't swallow water. Handed him a sheet of paper with six names and said, Chief, we've got to cut these six blokes. Wow, shut up. I've just been barbed by like Stingray, mate. I'm just yelling at him, oh, you saved my life, you saved my life, you saved my life. Thank you, thank you. I spent the last, I think it was a couple of weeks in jail. The deepest, darkest moments often bring about our biggest highs. Dr. Tim Moss, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Dad. I, I always feel very uh, esteemed and privileged when sitting down with such academia as yourself. It's a, it's a real honour today, to be honest. <laughs> uh, nothing compared to what it takes to be a professional sports person. Oh, I don't sure. know about that, to be honest. I think yeah. um, I think you've done a great job. Hey, what's um, reading through your your title, it's it's incredible. It's long. It's There's a lot of... You know, I can imagine a lot of books being read and studies. <laughs> yeah, and this just yeah. shows that I don't yeah, know anything about it already. Yep. Um, who are you? What's your position? Yep. Uh, what, how long did it take you to get to where you are? Because it's incredible what you're doing. Yeah, cool. I'm the health content manager for Healthy Mail. Healthy Mail is a government-funded not-for-profit, provides information and education about men's health and well-being. Mission is to improve the health of all Australian boys and men, really. Um, my background is in biomedical science. I did a PhD at Monash University close to 30 years ago, worked as a biomedical research scientist for 20 and a bit years and got sick of that and wanted to do something more, what I saw as being perhaps more worthwhile and landed this job at Healthy Mail, which is just perfect for me. It ticks all the boxes. I'm naturally curious. I like to know, I like to know a little bit about everything. Um, that's one of the reasons why I didn't make such a great biomedical research scientist because you've got to stick to your niche, but I have a kind of broad way of looking at things. And with Healthy Mail, I get to do that. I get to read about, you know, causes of disease or treatments, um, all those sorts of things, and then turn that information from the academic literature into stuff that we can help the public understand uh, or help guide health professionals with their practice. Yeah, it's awesome, mate. It's, it's unbelievable what you guys are doing. And I suppose for us, Darcy, um, and I've been you know, looking at your stuff for a while and it's really, really impressive. And I think that we can also help play a role. We love what you're doing in, in, in terms of spreading those awesome messages that you are today. And today we'll go a bit sort of niche into, yep. into a few specific um, things, but I'm keen to sort of, you know, throughout the seasons, touch on as much things as we can and, and help educate some young men and women Sweet. out there as well. Current role you just mentioned then, we spoke about Healthy Mail and make sure you guys check out healthymail.org.au because there's a lot in there today. But what other sort of things do you cover there? Like what are the main bits and pieces with Healthy Mail yeah, that health, are important at the moment? Healthy Mail started 23 years ago, 22 years ago, um, and it was focused on Andrology. It used to be called Andrology Australia. That's why it's not called Andrology Australia anymore. Nobody knows what that means. See, that look you're that, giving me. I just switched off then. Yeah, <laughs> of course you did. Of course you did. So the focus traditionally was on men's sexual and reproductive health. So the amount of genital images that we're exposed to in the office is sometimes a little disturbing. <laughs> um, so that's where we've, we've sort of come from. Uh, and over the last few years with a rebranding of the organization to healthy male and stuff um we've started to broaden our approach to men's health there's plenty of places around well not plenty but there are places around that do a really good job helping people with their mental health like movember and organizations like that um healthy male doesn't want to get in the way of that or try to reinvent the wheel um our niche is that sexual and reproductive health mm. space but everything impacts on that or that impacts on everything else right so if your sexual and reproductive function is in poor shape then it affects your mind uh if your body's unwell then it affects your sexual function and your reproductive function as well right so starting to look at the male body as an entire unit not just in terms of physical and mental health, but but them actually kind of just being health. Let's not separate them. Um, but then how does everything kind of integrate together and how is, you know, a problem with some social aspect of your life impacting on your health and well-being? Awesome. So, so, yeah, for sure. It's like that holistic piece. And we are chatting out um, outside before and 
I'm, I'm often get obsessed with one thing and I was chatting to you um, about it was this health pyramid that we're yeah. you know, banging on about at the moment in the office. And yeah. that's that sense of the four pillars of being, you know, sleep, um, general health, physical health and diet. And I was chatting to you about like, fuck, you know, it's just crazy how one of these things can just throw off all yeah. of the other ones. You know, if you're not sleeping well, you often, you know, you sleep in, then you're eating, your breakfast gets pushed back, your dinner, you skip a meal. Yeah. And then physically you don't go for a run and then you don't sleep very well again and then you don't get a blood. Like, so it's just crazy how this all intertwines. So yeah. I suppose for us today, just chat about a few things, but specifically some um, some ones that we've never spoken about before, which is really um, exciting, but also um, a really good opportunity to bring to light some important issues around loneliness. Yeah. Um, which, you know, to be to be completely honest, I'd never really thought how much this could impact mm. um, us. But after looking at a few things, it's it's really important that we get on top of it. Yeah, yeah, it is. How did um, it come about? Well, uh, I guess one of those other pillars that, getting back to what you were talking about, is the social aspect of yes. our life. And, and we know that there's lots of things that are called the social determinants of health. If you don't have somewhere safe to live, if you don't have a home, if you don't have food security, all those things, of course, affect your health and well-being. And it's it's good that we're starting to think about health in terms of all of those things, the, the things that we do ourselves to maintain our health, but also the things that are going on around us and have an impact on our health and actually uh, trying to optimise the environment so that so that we can all be healthy. We at Healthy Mail are evidence-based organisation, so everything, all the health information we provide, there's an evidence base for it. It's true. Um, occasionally, we will respond to articles about whether you should tan your balls to increase your testosterone, right? There's no truth to that sort of stuff. We're the other side of men's health information from that, I guess. Yeah. So the tanning of the balls is not a... Nah, that's no, not you don't know. Because Darcy was wondering yeah, about that one. Keep them in your pants, Darcy. <laughs> um Nobody wants to see that. <laughs> they hang down for a reason, yeah. right? Keep them away from the sun. Yeah. Um, one of the things that we did in terms of that evidence base is try to use an evidence base for the way we work as well. So make sure that we're talking about health topics that men need to know about or want to know about. Uh, make sure that we're delivering the information through channels that are accessible to men. Our website gets a couple hundred thousand hits a month and I think a third of our audience are men aged between 18 and 34. Mm. You know, we have a lot of content about prostate cancer. It's not something that men in that age group really need to worry about. So trying to make ourselves relevant to the audience we've got. So we did a survey of a whole bunch of Australian men, a representative sample so that we know what we're talking about actually is who we're really talking to. And one of the things that came up in that was that one in four of the men that we surveyed were lonely. Surprised us. It probably shouldn't have surprised us because probably around 20 years, we've, we've known that loneliness and social isolation are problems for some men, but it, it's never been really front of mind. Um, I suppose if I can, a good time to talk about social isolation and loneliness because what we were doing 20 years ago is kind of binning them in together, right? So there'd be somebody who didn't have lots of friends and they'd be home all the time and they'd be lonely. They, they are socially isolated because they're not exposed to lots of people. That's like the physical reality of things. But the loneliness is the more psychological side of things. It's the feelings you have when your relationships with people, social relationships with people aren't fulfilling the need that you've got. So you can be surrounded by a bunch of people. You might work in an office with, you know, hundreds of people on the floor, but you don't relate to any of them. They're not giving you what you need socially. So you feel isolated. Mm. Equally, you can be out in the middle of nowhere and have complete social isolation, but you don't feel lonely at all because you're doing something or you're living in a way that you're still getting the fulfillment that you need. Um, so, so yeah, this loneliness thing popped up in the survey. Uh, and when we started to look at it, we, we know from what exists already that it's associated with health problems. But then we delved a bit further. We asked a bunch of questions about 
not just loneliness and social isolation, but also what men's attitudes to preventive health kind of things are, like looking after your diet and exercising and going and seeing your doctor if you need help and that sort of stuff. And then another thing we looked at is something called health literacy, which is people's mm. ability to use or to find and then use information to look after their health. And it turns out that the lonely people are the ones who have poorer health literacy and they also tend to have a less enthusiastic attitude when it comes to preventive health as well. Wow. So we figure it's something that's worth talking about. 100%. Um, to go back, to go forward. Yeah, yeah. The point around, it was really interesting talking about the social isolation versus yeah, loneliness because yep. I hadn't thought about it like yeah. that. Yep. And it shows how much, you know, I don't want to be uh, someone harping on about technology because I think technology is incredible, but that yep. probably loneliness part talks to how much uh, loneliness and technology go hand in hand. Like to be able to be so surrounded in a day that we're so connected to people but still work somewhere where you're not fulfilling your needs. Yeah with the right things is probably in that case. Is that yeah. correct? Like, yeah. Oh, well, well, those relationships we have online are different than the ones we have in the real world, right? Uh, often we might be looking at somebody's Instagram photos or their Facebook posts. I'm showing my age there. And what we're seeing is the best of them, the stuff that they want us yeah. to see. We're not seeing the, the stuff that we actually might relate to better, which is the day-to-day -day struggles of having a new kid and that sort of stuff. Those sorts of relationships aren't aren't fulfilling in the same way as the real-world relationships that we have. And, and we know that. There's, there's scientific evidence to show that the relationship, the, the, the benefit we get from relationships in the online space is different than real life relationships in the real world yeah health literacy is something again i, I haven't really been exposed to but like yeah. you think about it now it's i've been really lucky to be a part of a sporting environment where yep. sometimes you take for granted how much you learn in those situations yep how is health literacy probably like the first thing is that the first thing that we need to be probably educating um young males on to i i think it's an important one yeah um there's data they know that, the steps to take sorry how to, yeah yeah I mean, well to start with you need you need literacy to start with you yeah. need to be able to read um, because that's how we get most of our information. Although one of the other things we know from our survey is there's a particular groups of males in Australia who are more likely to watch videos for their health information, mm -hmm. for example. But you need to be able to access the information. So you've got to be able to read it or see it online or hear it or, you know, so if you have sensory um, problems, then there's a bit more of a challenge there. If you have learning disability, then there's a bit more of a challenge mm -hmm. in there just in terms of getting hold of the information. But then you've got to be able to understand it um, and sometimes health information is in jargon that just can't be understood. I get 20 years of work as a biomedical research scientist and a PhD and I read some scientific publications and cannot make head nor tail of them. Mm. Um, that's why I like my job is because I get to turn that gobbledygook usually into something that can be usable. Um, so, the, so the usability of the information is important. Yep. And then you've got to be able to turn that into action. So, you know, when you're a kid, um, your mum or your dad makes the doctor's appointments, right? At some point in your life, you get to the stage where you've got to do that for yourself. But if you've not, you know, if you don't know the doctor's phone number, that's the, f the first hurdle. So you've got to be able to find that information. Um, for lots of males, they tend not to go to the doctor a lot men go to the doctor appropriately mm -hmm. let's not not pretend that men don't go to the doctor because we know they do um but because they use those services perhaps less frequently than some other people they they're not as familiar with them so they feel a little bit isolated when they're in those environments you know what sort of doctor do i need to see um who am i going to talk to when i'm when the phone's answered at the clinic um can i talk about this health problem with this person you know so understanding all of that uh who's the right person to see or the right organization to visit that's important as well mm. that's all part of health literacy and then when your doctor tells you okay you need to take this medication um and then you go to the pharmacist and they give you the medication and they tell you to make sure you take it with meals and all that sort of stuff 
following those instructions is actually important for the medicine to work properly, right? But if your health literacy is poor, then you won't appreciate the importance of all that yeah. sort of stuff. So you're not doing as best as you can to optimize your health. Incredible. Yeah. It's, 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 it makes it's, complete sense, It makes it? complete sense. When we you don't fit. think about it. No, you don't think about it at all. So just back to that original point then, around loneliness, yep. that seems extremely important to have yep. one health literacy. Yep. If we talk about loneliness in general, though, what, why do we think at the moment that's such a big problem in Australia? Yep. Is it the age demographic around that quite yeah, uh, across like all ages or is it yeah. mainly younger men? Or So we know there are some groups of people who are more lonely than others. Men tend to be more lonely than women. Older men, it seems like retirement age men, mm. they we, we think of elderly men who might no longer have their partner perhaps, um, who may be living in a home. We think of them as being socially isolated and lonely, but the the men who are, you know, retirement age and just beyond actually have fairly low levels of loneliness. And that's probably because they've stopped work. They're starting to spend more time with their friends. So they're actually, you know, on the rebound of a relatively more lonely time. It's younger and middle-aged men mm-hmm. who tend to be more lonely than young boys. And that kind of makes sense because you're hanging out with your friends at school all the time. And then we reach this stage of our life where we're going to work. We might not have as much time to spend with our friends as we used to. We might start a family and we are giving all of our attention and energy to the new small person in our lives. And our friendships kind of drop by the wayside for a little while. And not putting the energy into those friendships, those relationships, they start to wither a little bit. It's a bit like tending the plants in your veggie garden. You gotta you gotta give them a bit of attention every now and again to, to keep them going. And I think what happens for lots of blokes is we just kind of lose sight of the friendships because we gotta be dealing with the other stuff over here. You know, we got society telling us we've gotta be providing a secure environment for our families and putting bread on the table, all of those sorts of things can distract us from some of these things, like our social relationships that keep us healthy. For sure. Um, I'm a young father of an eight-week-old um, boy, and I'm really lucky that I've got a great working environment. That's something yeah. I don't take for granted. I, I saw a, it was a graph, and I'm not going to talk academia. It was on Instagram. Um, yeah. it, was a, it was a graph that said it was how much time you spend with people, and yeah. the number one people was your workplace. Yeah. Like, and I was just like, wow, that's that's unbelievable. It's and not, incredible. You don't think it? about it like no. that, so it just shows how important that, that space is. But yeah. um, I've definitely felt... Um, you know, not that I'm upset about it, but there is there is times where you, you just can't do what you used to do. You know, you can't yeah. pop down for a beer with the boys. You can't That's stay right. as connected as you like. But I've tried to build a lot of those relationships with guys now, which has been hard with my mates that don't have kids versus my mates that do. Yeah. Because you've got a lot more in common. Yep. And it's a harder, you know, when you do things, you've got to take your, your wife and your, your son everywhere you go. So you're not really going and hanging out with That's them as right. much as it's, it's really hard to do. So yep. for me, being aware of that has been something that's been really challenging. I can imagine a lot of other families going through the same thing mm. um, in that space and maybe not being as aware of it as possible yeah. can be can be isolating. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I, you know, it, it all falls back on this humans being a social species and needing to feel like they're part of a group and like they have the support of not just one or two people but a group of people generally. And that's because back in the day, if you didn't have a group of people around you, then you couldn't reliably get food or you might get eaten by a bear and you know all that sort of stuff that being in a community protects you from and losing that sense of community is damaging Hmm. so is there anything worth um and again today Hmm. this is just you can ask me any questions you like i'm more than happy to do it but is there anything worth going to more about loneliness or should we start talking about how to combat loneliness uh yeah i I guess uh, one thing we haven't spoken about yet is the the kind of problems, the health problems that loneliness that is associated, associated with. with. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. What, what are they? So the we know that people who are lonely are more likely to die early than people who are not lonely, and that's mm. that's a big one, and that can be caused by all sorts of different things. But it's probably related to their health because there's a higher risk of cardiovascular disease, there's a higher risk of type 2 diabetes, there's a higher risk of cancer, 
uh, anxiety, depression, cognitive decline in elderly people, all of those things are worse in people who are lonely than in people who aren't. Mm. Um, I think it's just that it's that fundamental need, needs not being met there and it might might distract us from looking after ourselves and that could be why these diseases are more frequent. Mm. Um, there could be something of the disease that contributes to the loneliness. So, for example, people who have uh, body dysmorphic disorder, for mm. example, um, they'll tend to hide and, of course, that can then lead to the loneliness. There's so many things as well, like it's probably the chicken before the egg, but in terms of like anxiety, depression, loneliness, all these bits, they all probably interact with each other more than anything. Yeah, they, they yeah. all sort of feed into each other, yeah. I think. Um, we were talking a little bit earlier about uh, that holistic image or, or model of health. And um, yeah, I think isolation of, you know, your heart and blood vessels from your pancreas and insulin uptake um, is pretty naive we think about these body systems as individual systems but of course mm. they're all working together and they're all infected affected by what's going on in our minds as well um and then of course as it relates to loneliness to society as well how do we stay healthy like oh, that's a very broad question how do we um, stay healthy yeah like how do we stay healthy holistically like you know to combat all these things and, and loneliness in general that's the sixty-four thousand dollar question yeah that is the it? one is it i wish i knew yeah um what have you found maybe best that works in this situation then? I've just been doing a bit of work looking at something called burden of disease. So you can you can ascribe a number to a health problem. So uh, cardiovascular disease is the biggest cause of health burden in Australia, mm-hmm. right? Now, we can look at health burden for different diseases and we can look at the things that cause those diseases, right? So if we keep thinking about cardiovascular disease as the biggest cause of poor health in Australia, right? There are things like diet and exercise that impact on that. When we look at the risk factors for cardiovascular disease in men, diet is a huge one. And if we look at the National Health and Medical Research Council's guidelines on healthy eating and how many people actually meet those guidelines it's pitiful really yeah we eat terribly generally um i think that's a big one for how we can keep healthy that's probably one of the out of those pillars of health you'd say diet's probably the biggest one we're lacking from from, Yeah. yeah from my looking at the evidence that's available that's the that's the risk factor where men in particular Mm. can impact best on on their health in a positive way would be to eat better someone said to me the other day yeah it's all good that you might go and play footy on the weekend but those six beers and three pies that you have afterwards just probably more than undo the good that the exercise has given you 100 yeah. percent. yeah it's 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 a lot of my mates are, are tradies and you know even at the moment being a like young Young dad, I was telling you before, but like you just eat when you can, yeah. and you really, you really do feel like that old adage of saying you are what you eat. Yeah. When I eat well and I'm putting good things in my body, I feel good. Feel it, don't you? And when you feel, when you eat shit, you feel like shit. Yeah. How, um, from a diet point of view, then eating wise, what we're putting in our body in terms of health literacy, we're talking about before. Best resources you found personally for people to get better at learning what to eat and what to put in their body, and like where do you think those things are? Because like even at crazy at school, like you don't really go through any of those things or say i have a son who's in year eight and part of his food technology class was to look at the australian guidelines for healthy eating Mm. and i'm speaking on behalf of me now not healthy male i think the guidelines are terrible i don't think they are clear i don't think they consider um i don't think they take into consideration health literacy when they are creating them it's just a sort of a stylized pie graph with pictures of different foods in different segments and you know if you don't understand what a pie graph is and how they work to start with you're lost Mm. yeah i i think we could do better with helping people to understand that they 
can eat better than they do and how to do that. I heard, I don't even know where I heard it, years ago, somebody said, you shouldn't eat anything that your grandmother would not recognize as a food. Mm. And I try to do that. Um, you know, there's a lot of processed food and they're the ones that are the worst for us, right? Um, we know that five veg, five serves of vegetables and two serves of fruit every day is what we should be eating. Two or 3% of Australian men do that every day. It's not real good. Um, and we eat more red meat than we should. We don't eat enough legumes. We should be eating more beans than we do. Yeah, I wish I had the answer to that. There's one. so much. I, yeah, but I, I, I'm sure at Healthy Mail Org there'd be a lot of resources there that we can um, we can look up to that we should yeah. be talking about. Look, a, a lot of the stuff that I write about, um, if I'm writing for uh, the general public rather than health professionals, is if you feel unwell, go and see your doctor. Yeah, and the best way to look after yourself is to eat well and move enough. And you know, it, I think there's a lot that we can do to keep ourselves healthy by just doing those things. Yeah, for sure. Gives you the best shot anyway. Yeah. Um, loneliness. Loneliness. Speaking about um, community, yep. as before we are talking like, you know, I'm really lucky I've got an awesome workplace mm. um, and I've acknowledged that how lucky I am to have that. You're saying before about being a part of, say, whether it's a local football team, netball team, uh, like a chess club, anything that it could be, how important is it to be a part of something? And would you be recommending that to people? Is that like a big inhabitor or dehabitor yeah um, i might have made those words up of being lonely yeah so for people who are lonely mm. things that are recommended is to keep in contact with the friends that you have so spend 15 minutes a day um on the phone talking to someone mm. don't text because you don't get the connection that way but you do voice to voice um joining clubs or volunteering they're really good ways to prevent loneliness or to help feel less lonely if you are. Some of that is being part of a community. Um, if you, you know, if you like table tennis and you join a table tennis club, you're going to meet people and be playing table tennis. It puts you in an environment where your mind shifts from "geez, I feel lonely" mm. to "I'm playing table tennis now." And then the relationships that you build in that environment feel more genuine because it's not just about building the building the relationship with the person. It's the shared activity and all that sort of stuff. So it's it's all yeah, it becomes more fulfilling. You you can just by having a bit more contact with the people around you, you can develop these relationships that become more fulfilling of course if you withdraw from people it just makes it harder and harder to make those genuine sure. friendships relationships. We, we like as a speaking on my own behalf of like when i was talking about i play a lot of golf now i try to i haven't played in the last eight weeks a lot but yeah. i played a lot of um golf prior to being a, a dad and one thing that i really loved was the fact that you don't um and i don't know if there's a proven stat but i don't think a lot of people make new friends after the age of 21 Yep. So who you've got at 21, it's really hard as a, as a male to then go out and make new friends and yep. you don't just go and ask a random guy for a coffee. You know, that is a, That's right. You know, if you want to do that, please do. Yeah. Um, but it could be a little bit weird, yep. um, let's be honest. Yep. So around the golf thing that I love, I've met a whole new bunch of people that I would never have known yep. just from joining a golf club, yep. um, playing with people and you always sort of go, oh, fuck, someone's joining as a single but you always have the best days because yeah. you're just meeting someone new. Yep. The conversation isn't awkward because you're just like talking about something you both love, yep. end up playing with them again. Yep. Um, so I always really admire the single golfers. Yep. They come up, they yeah, play, they cool. join your group and you just end up having the best conversation that yeah. day. So it's something that I've really loved. Yep. I know for people that that can be really difficult to put yeah. themselves out there, yeah. but know that the, 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 the how much you're getting from that is is obviously really important. Yeah. I, th I think you need to, you need to accept that you're going to feel a little bit you're gonna uncomfortable. You're going to feel embarrassed. You're going to feel yeah. shit, 100%. Um, but once you make that effort and you're there and you're talking to the other people in the playing group, um, the shared experience, the shared activity kind of knocks down some of those barriers to the conversation. Um, some people get quite anxious about going out into new situations mm. and that can really get in the way if they can get over that initial anxiety and shift their mindset from a 
uh, gee, this is difficult to just trying to focus on the conversation and conversations about the weather and stuff that, you know, really doesn't matter. Um, they can be helpful to just kind of break the ice mm. and then lead to the more fulfilling conversations and the more genuine relationships that yeah. we need. It's That's why by doing it, when you're doing something, whether that be joining a footy club, going down for a kick, there's a footy in the middle, there's a golf club in the middle, you can always retract back to that yep. to that thing. So. I've always found that like walking side by side, being able to break the conversation up by talking about a drill or yeah. a golf shot that you yeah. just did and it becomes second nature to you yeah. after that time. Again, I'm not saying it's the easiest thing because yeah. as social as I am, going down to a footy club that I don't know anyone is still hard. But yeah. I think this day and age with, with how we are, people are really environment. I think people have a lot of respect for when, when you can do those things. Yeah, yeah, I think so. One of the organisations that we know is very good for men's health, particularly older men's health, mm-hmm. and probably has some of that benefit because it combats loneliness is the men's sheds men's shed tell me about that i've, oh, I've never mate. been to the men's shed but i think i need to go just purely for a, a skill so and how's this sort of thing. there are more men's sheds in australia than there are mcdonald's is there really yeah how's that i didn't know that yeah i met the guy who runs the men's sheds yeah. uh, association last week um 1302 yeah what's yeah. a men's shed do so it's like men in a shed doing things that's exactly yeah. what it is, yeah. and any bloke can go and up. turn up. So it's and like steelworks, like all sorts of stuff. Yeah. Every shed becomes what it wants to be. Okay. So there'll be some sheds that have more of a tech focus, right. and some that have more of a woodworking focus, and all those sorts of things. The reason why men's sheds work, and this comes from the guy who who runs the association, he says that men don't talk face-to-face no they talk side by side or shoulder to shoulder and it's that shared activity you know when i was a kid i would sit at a table and talk with my mates we were playing cards when we did it right we never sat down over a cup of tea or we were at the pub playing pool while we were drinking a beer having a chat there's always something Something going on yeah and i think that's that's one of the ways that males are kind of peculiar um, but if we can foster that and engage men through that, then we can reach them better. Definitely. For someone out there listening today, say there is someone listening uh, that is feeling um, lonely, experiencing feelings of loneliness. What would you what would you say to them? What would be the best recommendation to to um, yep. to do that? Is it to yeah? Well, reach out to people who you know already. Yeah. Um, and just chat. Everybody's open to a chat for a few minutes. Everyone is. Chat to the person at the checkout when you do your grocery shopping because it's those genuine conversations to someone one-on-one that engage you and give you what you need to feel a bit less less lonely. Uh, Join a club we've spoken about. Volunteering is another good one. Volunteering is good because it gets you out and usually working with another group of people. It might be volunteering to clean up rubbish in a local park. It might be the op shop gets you in contact with other people doing activities around other people um the thing about volunteering is that there's a benefit to you because giving makes us feel happier so that's going to lift your mood and and going to encourage further activity in that sort of area so volunteering is another that's a proven way of feeling less lonely speaking of the um saying hello at the at the checkout yep. at, the, at the way out it's a I, I love doing that just to keep on top of having chats with people it's a yep. good way to do it but is that being proven a way to actually have like social fitness I've, I've seen on healthy mail yeah yeah the whole think about your physical fitness or your mental fitness the same way as social fitness so you need to work a little bit at getting in shape so if you, not everyone's going to go on a three-hour podcast straight away and have a conversation face to face. No, that's right. To be completely honest, this isn't something that came natural to me. Yeah, and we've done three hundred episodes now. You slowly get there. Yeah, yeah, it's baby steps, and once you start achieving through having that conversation with somebody at the checkout, or saying good morning to the bus driver, um, or sparking up a conversation over a book that you're seeing somebody reading on the train, and you, I've read that book too. Sometimes we feel awkward making that initial contact. Um, We need not because nobody's going to 
be angry at you for saying hello to them or sparking up a conversation. Um, and all of these things build up our capacity to have those conversations in the further. You know, the people who are exuberant, outgoing, they can talk about anything. They might not know a thing about it, but they've always got something to say on a topic and they're engaging. Um, we can build up that capability over time and yeah. get that social fitness. Start small. Yeah. Is that the tips like go yeah. and say hello to the checkout, uh, really boy important. or girl, yeah, say hello to the bus driver, have something at work that you want to go and tick off that you can speak to someone and, and mm. slowly build up those bits and pieces. It's funny because I see it on behalf of um, my wife and I, like we're ext extremely opposite people. She's like the most intelligent person in the world. She actually did her master's in, in dietetics as well. Uh -huh. And when you were talking about before about the fitness, the, yeah. the outdatedness yeah, right. of things, like it's really true and i'm lucky i've got her to help me out with with those bits and pieces but she's uh really introverted yeah and you know when we go out i can find myself just naturally doing a lot of the yeah the talking but of late like we now you know try and share the load with that sort of thing not, yeah. not that she isn't struggling to have conversations mm. there but you just don't want to fall in the trap of always being that voice yeah well I, I mean that puts you in an important role really doesn't it because if in, in trying to protect her from the discomfort yeah. of those sorts of situations, you might always step up and then she loses the ability yeah. to do that stuff because she's not provided with the opportunity. And it's not that she can't do it. It's just more the fact that it's, I'm probably too overbearing and just take it 99% of the time. So it's a great point, like yeah. being surrounded by people. And you always often see maybe a shy person goes is in a group with a lot of loud people so yeah. it becomes even harder to, yeah. to have those um conversations in general yeah, but i love right. the i love the um idea of the social fitness i think yeah. it's a really yeah really good concept I th I and, think and thinking of starting small you can't just assume that you can go out and have a conversation with a total random yeah and it go flying the first time you got to build up to those steps yeah that's right and you, you can't just get up out of your chair and run a marathon um you've got to train for it uh and if you don't train for a while you lose that fitness um and you've got to work at it again to get back up there it's just the same with your relationships with people so maybe there were uh, talking generally of someone who's lonely that maybe they might be isolated by themselves not feeling a part of a community yeah. what about those people that might be experiencing the other loneliness that isn't as visible as that that you know they are surrounded by friends they're maybe not fitting in with um the values of what their current climate is is giving them yeah it's a hard one in that because even i've been in those situations before of like going fuck maybe maybe have i outgrown or or yeah. maybe have they outgrown me yeah. or like what's what's the way to go about yeah. this Look, so i can't help but think about this from a personal point of view when i went to university there was me and two of my friends from high school who went to monash and i hung out with those two guys all the time all my other friends from high school who went off and got jobs or did trades, that sort of stuff, they were living a different life than the life I was living. And then as I went through my degree and started doing my PhD and was just spending all of my time at university, I just lost contact with those people. I think that's what happens for all of us. We, we, we go down a path that takes us away from those friendships. I'm lucky that those friends that I had back in high school days have always kept me in the loop um and on the occasions when i've been able to you know i lived in perth for 10 years and they're all still in melbourne um there's occasions when i could do things with them i've always tried to unless there's been yeah. something getting in the way um but i think we need to we need to sh we need to make sure that we're looking at well, it's this thing you can't look after your family if you're not looking after yourself yeah. right um so you need to make sure that you're fostering those relationships that you need because it's just as important to your health as eating right and doing some exercise. Yeah, it's really interesting. There's a, um, a I think back to one period in my life around this, and again, might not be so much to do with loneliness, but it's more to do with relationships and yeah. and staying in touch with mates because yeah. as males, we... You know, we can we can overthink things mm. in our head, and someone mm. stops talking to us, and we go, "Oh, fucking, what's wrong with this bloke? Doesn't speak to me anymore." And yep. classic case of that story was, I moved to Sydney um, when I was probably about twenty-seven for to play footy. Yep. And one of my good mates, my co-host of my other podcast, Dan, stayed in Melbourne. Yep. And you know, he was doing his own thing, sort of transitioning out of footy. I was still in footy, and sort of lost 
a bit of contact through that stage. And in my head, I was like, why the fuck? You know, he doesn't reply to my messages anymore. He's not um, really, we're not really doing the same things. It's hard to stay in touch. We're moving in different states. And I got really negative on that and was like, fucking hell, why is this bloke not mm. like me anymore? Sort of getting down. Yeah. And nearly gave up on that relationship. Like yep. very close to, not giving up, but you know, you move on to yeah. other people and yeah. other things. And I was like, you know what? Fuck no, I need to sort of try and give it one last um one last nudge and by doing that really realized that you know he was actually going through something at that yeah. time yeah and i think that's like the biggest message of males is the fact that we think that we always we're always the main character of our own story we think that we're going through shit people hate us and it's like well he was the one he wasn't thinking about me he was thinking about himself like he was yeah. going through his own shit that yeah. he was trying to deal with and i yeah. was here thinking that he was hating me yeah um we, so, we like to solve problems, right? Yeah. So if there's a challenge, we focus on that. And that's how we lose sight of the other stuff that mm. we might need. So we, we start to feel unwell and we do what we can to get better. But that's distracted us from some other aspect of our lives that actually needs some attention as For well. Sure. Those parts are so, it's so important with, with mates. Like if there is someone, there's always someone in their life that we think, fuck, should I reach out to that guy? and give yeah. them a buzz and see how they're doing and yeah. I think we just don't do it I enough. think the answer is always yes always and yes. we don't always do it. I saw some advice from the uh, Surgeon General in the United States. Uh, one of their recommendations for avoiding loneliness is to answer your phone. Mm. When your phone rings and it's your mate, don't, I'll call them later, pick up and you might only have 30 seconds of a chat with them before you commit to calling them back later on but that's a conversation you wouldn't have had otherwise mm. and those sorts of little things that help you keep in contact and and feel like you're connected they're really important mm. I don't, you know that's something that i'm guilty of all the time my phone's for my convenience not anybody else's right so if it rings i tend not to look at it i've changed doing that since working on this loneliness stuff because i i see the the value of that sort of stuff. Mm. I have a friend who I used to do gymnastics with and we sort of, we've still kept in touch, but not a lot over years. Um, and he fell off a bike recently and busted himself up and was in hospital and stuff. And he'd sent a message to my sister saying he was feeling a bit down just as I started doing this loneliness work with Healthy Male. And I thought, oh man, he's gonna be so lonely having to go through that. And I got in touch with him and he came around for dinner and we're in touch again mm. now. Um, the, the, the value of that um, is, is kind of overwhelming when you, when you stop to think about it, about how kind of rich your life is from having those sorts of people in your life. And they deserve our effort, I reckon. 100%. Yeah. Speaking of people that deserve our effort, like our dads, um, yeah. you know, in male sense, but even, you know, our mums yeah. as well. I'm really close with, with both my parents, but you know, as you get older, you, until having kids has been great to be able to like have that thing to breach the relationship again and yeah. you know, have that, that golf club in the middle, it's the baby yeah. now, you know, to be yeah, able to right. like have that conversation, uh, rekindle that relationship. But, yeah. um, my mum's awesome. I was telling you off air before, like she, she's just a go-getter, man. I love her so much. She, she joined a choir. You know, like one of her friends was in the choir and she just went and joined it and she does this choir. And she doesn't sing. She just does it for fun to be engaged and met some new people. And I was like, Mum, like, I just said, like, I'm so proud of you. Like, that is so cool Yeah, that, that, you, that you're doing that. It's not even about the choir. It's just the fact that you, you're going and doing stuff is yep. so cool. Yep. Um, so she's such a good role model in that sense. And another one that's been, you know, sort of a, not a challenge but something that we've been thinking a lot about with my old man is the fact that I was speaking to you off air in the community, no, but, you know, he's had his uh, – battles with um, alcohol uh, dependence and some mental health stuff. And I think the one thing that I didn't, you know, give enough kudos to him is not only the fact that he gotten off alcohol for two years, it's the fact that he's pretty much had to change his whole lifestyle yeah. from going to the pub every night with the same group of blokes yeah. to then not doing that anymore, yeah. um, living by himself and having to find new ways to entertain with people which yeah. to be honest i think I, i'm not an expert in addiction or anything mm. like that but i feel like that could nearly be the the, the hardest part of it all is mm. not even you know they're all, all difficult with that part of having a whole new lifestyle and not being yeah. um around the same group and having to change everything to, and not be lonely as well yeah and and that's one of the things we know about loneliness is that it's those changes 
in our lives that happen from time to time that put us at risk of loneliness. If you measure loneliness in a bunch of people, the most lonely are the middle-aged men who live at home with their kids and not a partner. And we know there's a, we know there's a protection for men of living with their partner. Um, men who live with their partner live for longer than men who live alone, for example. There's something about being in that partnership that's that's beneficial. They just um, pull us up on doing dumb shit. Yeah, well. Maybe, yeah. I think that's yeah, part yeah, of it. Yeah, they point out the stupid yeah. stuff. <laughs> but uh, when you, you know, I spoke before about uh, when I went to university, um, that's one of the times that we know that people are at risk of loneliness mm-hmm. is when they move away from home and start studying. Um, when you change jobs, it can happen. Uh, when you experience a relationship loss, so it might be a divorce, it might be the death of someone close to you, all of those sorts of things put you at risk of loneliness. Um, but the, the the work transition one, I think, is probably one that matters a lot for for men that they step away from that work role that not not just provides them with some company but also identity to some point mm. and then they find themselves in a situation where they don't have such regular contact with people and they're not quite sure what they're doing day to day and that makes them doubt themselves a little mm. bit as well i think um is that the chase thing do you know what i mean by that like it's almost like having something to chase Hmm. So not so much the the role in itself, but once you retire or you, you've done with something, you're just like fuck. What's next? Hmm. I need something to to work towards. Yeah, you know, it's a very very um old quote, but like the journey is more important than the destination. Yeah. like when I was running the marathon, it wasn't finishing the marathon. It was the whole thing that got you to it, and you feel good about that. And yeah, when that's, that's done, you're like fuck. What's now? What am I yeah, doing now? Yeah, that's right. I think I think that's right. Um, we yeah we tend to focus on. Uh, you know, from a career point of view, we tend to focus on where we're going with our career. Um, and when you stop, whether you get there or not, um, it it just changes your whole perspective on, on what you're doing, your whole reason for being shifts, I think. Mm. Um, interesting, the, I think it was the men's shed guy um, who who said he sees a whole bunch of blokes who retire and get a boat or new set of golf clubs, and this is going to be sweet. Oh, this is awesome. Gonna be set, yeah. going fishing, I'm going to play golf every day. And within six months, they're dropping in at the men's shed more and more because those activities just don't have that same sort of social connection. Maybe they're not playing with you and your friends when yeah. they're golfing, then they're, you know, they're a little less outgoing perhaps so they're not the talkative one amongst the group but almost is it like again for me then i'm just looking on my own reflections here is it sometimes about the fact that like we need i feel weird when i say that sometimes i need a stress in my life like you need something that you don't necessarily want to do to keep me grounded and i feel like sometimes when things are going really well and i'm not stressed out that's when i actually feel my worst because and it's probably not healthy but I don't know. Do you know what I mean by yeah, that? I do. I do. So, so when it's it's like it's worth having something there to actually keep you focused and yeah. and stuff. So when you don't have a job and there's nothing to yeah. necessarily pull you back to, it gets harder. Yeah, for me, it's a deadline. Yeah, um, a deadline or something yeah. there that you need to get done. Yeah, if I've if I've got a lot of time before something has to be done, uh, I'll, I'll wait. Just I'll wait, wait not before. Wait, yeah, wait. yeah. <laughs> and if I do it the night before, I'm switched on. I'm focused and I get it done. Mm. You know. Um, yeah, I think everybody's a little bit different like that, right? Some people were much more methodical in their approach to things and slow and steady wins the race for them. What other uh, impacts have you seen loneliness having on, on health? There was a study a few years ago that looked at how the risk to people dying early is affected by loneliness and they compared that with other activities that we know are bad for your health. Things like smoking up to 15 cigarettes a day, Jesus. being obese, having insufficient exercise, not visiting a doctor when you need to. Those are all things that we just would not do, yeah. right? Or we should not do. Um, but loneliness has the same level of impact. That's unbelievable. It's pretty Especially huge. in a day and age like this when we're so connected to each other. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's just about making sure those connections are actually fulfilling and genuine and legitimate ones and aren't just these little shares and likes. We've spoken a lot, or get spoken about a lot, sorry, the, the stigma around mental health and bringing awareness to all factors in it. Is there a stigma around loneliness for, for men to admit to being lonely? Yeah, yeah, it is. Men don't like to fail at anything, do they? So they're not going to own up all the time if they're feeling like they're failing in their relationships with people. they um, We know that if you flat out ask a bloke if he's lonely, he's less likely than a woman to fess up to it, if you like. And that's that's because of the stigma around it. We, we tend to pathologize a whole bunch of behaviors in people or um, what we might perceive as a lack of achievements from people. Um, I had a marriage once that failed and the sense of failure that I felt around that was, was huge. Um, I think that we don't want to admit that we are lonely um, because it feels like we've done something wrong. Yeah, yeah. we're failing. The thing is, though, loneliness can happen to anyone. It can happen in an instant, right? You've got a best mate and something happens to them, God forbid. Um, you can find yourself lonely straight away. You could lose your job and the social contact that that provides and you're lonely. Um, for some people, it can be like what you're going through at the moment. You have a kid and you focus on the kid and you're lonely. Loneliness is not something that affects a particular type of person. Yeah. Loneliness can happen to everyone. In different scales. Yeah. Doc. Yes. Tim. Tim. Thank you so much for everything today, mate. I really appreciate it. Just to wrap it up, I'd love to take a few takeaways to go home. Yep. Eat well. Yes. Join a club. Yeah. Start small. Social yeah. uh, fitness. Yeah. I think if there's anything of the take-homes today, they'd be three of mine that I'd be really writing down in the notepad or, or highlighting if this was a book, which it's not. It's a podcast. Um, so I, you can't highlight audio, unfortunately. We should work out a way to do we, it. We should, actually. I might have to take that out. That's a good app. Um, so, yeah, those are the three things that I'd be really promoting people to take home today. Eating well. Um, and if you need resources, check out uh, healthymail.org.au um, for those. Join a club, start small in conversation. But the club one, I understand that that is really hard to do. Yep. Um, not saying it's as easy as that, but maybe by starting small, you can get you to the stage that you are comfortable enough to join a club that you're interested in. Might be my nan actually used to go to movie clubs as well. I yeah. just remember that then. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I really yeah. appreciate it today. I've learned a lot about loneliness. Good. We'll Thanks. have to get you back in and um, you and the guys at Healthy Mail to talk about a few other things that are affecting um, males all over Australia too. Love to do that. Thanks Anything so much. We can do to help. Awesome. See you. Thanks for listening to another Producey podcast. If you enjoyed the show, that'd be a massive help if you could like, follow, rate, subscribe, tap the bell, leave a review, or even share with one of your friends, or you could do them all. If you want to get in touch to share feedback, suggest a guest, or advertise with one of our podcasts, then email hello at Thanks for tuning in. Illy XX.